1: She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha.
0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And today I had the pleasure interviewing Gabby Reese, who is legendary, world-renowned, ex-professional athlete, mother, wife, author, business entrepreneur, and fitness professional. In this episode, Gabby is sharing her success story, and we are discussing some major key points on health, relationships, and business, how to balance your career, family, and relationships, how to find your why, and how to become the best entrepreneur, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Gabby. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm I'm well. How are you? Where Where are you?
0: I'm fine, thank you. I'm in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, I'm so honored to have you with your amazing background and to be the world renowned. It's just amazing.
1: Oh uh, well, listen. We all have to have a job, so I guess when you're six three, that was a pretty easy one to pick when I was younger.
0: <laughs> oh, you are six three. I'm five eleven.
1: <laughs> See
0: yeah and you have an amazing story. Would you please tell us more
1: about yourself? yeah, so I well, I lived for a few years. when I was a little kid, I moved from Mexico City um at two and lived for a few years, five years with friends of my my mother and um in New York. and then um i so I wasn't living with either one of my parents, and i I feel like that had an interesting impact, probably later. And um, and then actually during that time, my father uh, passed away in a plane crash. And then when I was seven, I I moved uh, to the Virgin Islands with my mother and my stepfather at that time. And um, that was pretty great because I my real father, who I didn't know that well, was from the Caribbean. He was from Trinidad. So I've often said it sort of gave me really an opportunity to connect with this culture. And then um, my junior year, so when I was about 15, my I moved from St. Thomas to Florida. And I had sort of dibbled and dabbled a little bit in volleyball, but nothing too serious. And then my junior year, when I moved to Florida, it's a very organized place, you know, especially con, uh, in comparison to the, to the Virgin Islands. And so because I was already six foot three, they were like, oh, you're going to be in sports and play volleyball and basketball, and so I did, and that's how I ended up going to university on an athletic scholarship. If you had said to me 18 months before I went to college or two years that I have an idea that that's the turn that my life would take, I had no thought of that. And um, and so from there, you know, I I was pretty independent, taking care of myself. Um, and then after my freshman year of college, I went and uh, worked. A summer in New York and started modeling and really quite frankly um, just to you know make a living I wasn't I was I never had this dream like oh I wanted to be a model I just looked at it as an opportunity and and then from there I I played volleyball for four years in college and and um, and then I became a professional beach volleyball player and and um, you know have <laughs> that was a long time ago and I've done a lot of you know television and writing and uh, many different things In the space of either if it was not sport, it was health and fitness, or, you know, I I don't even like to call it that anymore. Let's just say the self care space. Uh, I have three daughters and I have been with my husband for almost 25 years. And my husband is also an athlete. He is a a surfer. His name is Laird Hamilton. And um, yeah, I mean, there was probably a lot of things that happened in between, but that is sort of a 30,000. View of some of the of the things that I have um, been involved with.
0: Wow, wonderful story! How did you become a volleyball legend? How did you become successful at it?
1: Uh, well, listen, everybody. I had really good coaching college, and I had very good coaches, and and um, I, you know, especially at the professional level, I think you either sort of have to be good. But if you said to me how, I would say that um, I was always probably pretty good at taking information from a coach and trying to put it into actual physical action but um uh you know I think I'm a good athlete I don't think I'm like the greatest athlete so I really think that skill and also willing to work really hard I by nature I've always said I'm kind of like a blue collar uh type of mentality um I think that really went a long way um and was helpful in in that and and I really had fun you know that's the other thing volleyball even though anything any of us are doing is hard work Um, but I really enjoyed the hard work I enjoyed being on a team and I really enjoyed the game itself it's a it's a really fun game
0: yeah but being an athlete is definitely challenging I've been athlete too I've done rhythmic gymnastics for eight years and I didn't huh? pursue it like professionally because the school started getting in the way and my school was gymnasium. so I had to like really do a lot of homework and a lot of studying. So I kind of put it away and didn't pursue it anymore. But being an athlete, it takes a lot, it takes a lot of dedication. it takes strong personality to actually achieve and succeed because it's competitive you have to be competitive all the time and you have to be like hard on yourself to actually succeed. Right.
1: Yeah. You might even, you've come, life is, has and what I think I lurk hard, almost saying even, listen, even going to a job that we don't love, it's still work involved. So if we have the good fortune of finding something that we actually enjoy, rather than looking at it, I don't think I ever viewed it as hard work only, I think I was always really aware that it was a huge opportunity to me and a gift that I could even pursue it. Um, And I think when we approach things that way, um, not only will we probably be more successful in the long run, but I think the way the spirit in which we approach it, that we look at it as the honor to have the chance to do it. And, um, and, and I think I think it, it makes it a lot easier and it also makes it easier to deal with when it's not going your way. Cause you lose a lot, you win some, you know, it's like it, it it has all of the colors, you know, it's not always like you just win. I mean, there's losing as a part of any sports life.
0: Yeah, it does. And how did you transition from sports to being an entrepreneur and spokesperson?
1: You know, I one you know I used to think oh my sport was very small but the the benefit the good thing about that was is even when I was 22 um I always was well aware that the sport had because of its size it would there was a limitation so it actually forced me even very young then to always be paying attention to my business and to my skill set so yes I could play volleyball and do other things but I then realized well were there other things I could be interested in like television or writing, um, that I could develop other skills uh so that when because volleyball wasn't going to be, it couldn't be the only thing. And so I think I was always forced into an entrepreneur's mentality even then. Um, and it was really about following things that I could naturally do. So if you're if you just say, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur for the sake of being an entrepreneur, it's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. But if you have something inside of you that you believe in or that you want to express or a business that you want to create or a business you'd like to be a part of that is a real and natural reflection or extension of who you are i think it makes sense and and i think it's really important for people to be reminded whoever they talk to about being an entrepreneur is that part of being an entrepreneur is probably having a couple of businesses that um are they don't make sense or they fail, or you were too early, or you were too late, or you didn't have the right people around you, or you, or you didn't really, it wasn't going to be the thing that you could do year after year. So I think the other thing is, you know, I think people can see someone like me, let's say today, where I have we have uh, you know, a few businesses and they're, you know, it's they're healthy businesses, but it's it's they don't know all of the failures and the uh times of feeling insecure or unsure or any of the things that you go through. So I think to answer your question though, I've always been somebody who realized that I had to have a few different skills um to navigate at least the path I was on.
0: I think it's very important for an athlete to be to have several things that you do because so many. Athletes fail because after they retire, after they're done is their sport, they don't really do much. And they've been famous and then they become just not as successful as they used to be. But I'm I'm glad that you supporting having so many areas that you're successful at.
1: Well, I think it's important for athletes or anyone to not get tied up into their identification as, oh, that's, you know, uh, that's Joe, the basketball player player it's like and and even if let's say you're thriving or doing well as late i think important even not to take that serious the more we do things that we believe in that we need to work hard at because we enjoy it um whether people you know celebrated us or not is really important but i also think a lot of athletes have this energy and focus and it's really important to find other things to put that into besides a sport um i think that's really because it doesn't go on and on forever and so what's the other ways that you can you know put your teeth in that intensity
0: absolutely how did you become nike's first female spokesperson
1: you know uh I, i i would say the right place at the right time i was signed to and that was when you know the women's sports there was a lot more attention around it and uh like and they were doing a program with uh Bo Jackson, Bo Knows, they were into cro- this whole idea of like cross training which is very old fashioned now was very new then and I was doing a lot of that myself my training was you know at that time pretty sophisticated and so I was signed to um so they gave me my own shoe and but I always say ultimately it was still about good timing I was in the you know if I had been 5 years earlier or 5 years later it it wouldn't have worked so it's also about recognizing um you know, being at the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah, I think that's very important too. And they also have an amazing book that's called My Foot is Too Big for the Glass Slipper. Can you tell us the story behind it? What made you, I mean, what inspired you to write it?
1: You know, I always wanted to um, talk, I always like to talk about and having a discussion about like, why is it so hard for to find that time? just spend a few minutes, whether it's exercising, a walk, and also making some of those better choices, foods they're eating, um, and just where they're spending their time. But that's really a boring conversation. So I decided to kind of talk about life a little bit, um, and it's too big for the glass slipper, to sort of use that as the backdrop. So for example, if I say, hey, um, why are we having an expectation that our house is perfect, or that when we throw our five-year-old, a birthday party, that it has to be uh, like a monumental event where if I could say, okay, my life, my house won't be perfect. And I'm not going to have a competitive notion about throwing birthday parties for my kids. I might have more time or bandwidth to take better care of myself, which might be important. Um, And just kind of have tried to have open conversations about um, things that, for whatever reason, people feel like they do have to be perfect. And I I know women, especially, they really feel this pressure of doing everything and doing everything perfectly. And I think that that's an unfair expectation for for all of us. And um, I just thought it was, a—I felt compelled. It was the second book I had written to see about opening up those conversations and and ultimately with the whole idea of, of reminding people and especially females that in whichever way it makes sense for you, that you have to take care of yourself because your children aren't going to remind you, your partner, uh, you know, your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, isn't going to say, oh, you should go take time and exercise. Your job isn't going to do that. And that that responsibility is on us. And so ultimately it was about trying to remind uh, the reader, like, this is something really important, your, your well-being to defend and find the way, even while you do all these other things, right? Even if you're working or you're someone's wife or partner or someone's mother, that all, all of that will take everything out of you. But so how do you find the way to within that, hold on to who you are and your health and just not to feel bad or guilty for that. And how does that how does that look?
0: Oh, that's very important reminder. I'm guilty as charge. I don't. Sometimes I get overwhelmed and I don't take care of myself enough. And I still try to work on it. And it's hard sometimes. But I know I need to do better because this is the most important.
1: Well, it's listen. It's it, it's like if I'm in a pile. Of unhappiness and I don't feel good and all these other things. At the end of the day, it was my responsibility. And we could say, "Hey, it's not fair." I look out for everybody else and I make sure they have what they need. But that's the way I'm doing things. Um, my kids are interested in them, you know, themselves. They're in this time of their life that they're figuring out who they are. And my husband is like unreal and super supportive. But he isn't going to come in in the morning and be like, "Hey, good morning." So I just, you know, what time are you thinking of taking that window of time for yourself to go exercise? Like, that's not what's happening. So I just think we are better for everybody when we know how to care for ourselves, because we're naturally going to give so much, right? We're going to give to our children, we're going to give to our jobs, we're going to give to our loved ones. And we just have to remember how we can do that in a way that um, we don't lose ourselves totally.
0: We do. And how do you balance life and family and work and also one of the interviews i heard you were talking about like you and your husband calling i mean having these titles like you didn't like title you didn't want to be just wife like girlfriend title like you didn't want just i mean everyone has to is everyone is uh, still old person not just you know mom or wife or whatever and I like how you talked on the interview of Ad Millett, And it was so funny how you said about the wife title.
1: Would yeah, you- I mean, Marvel? I think sometimes we get to places where, you know, we are play these roles and it versus like, we're just, we're just people. Like you're just, a, I'm just a person. And then, okay, I'm a female. Okay, my husband's a male. But I, I still feel like at the core, it's like we are all just human beings and I'm happy to do my best to be a good partner and wife to my husband. I I really want to do that. I would like to make his life better. And I see that he's feels the same way, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like, I'd rather when he looks at me, what I'm looking for from him is like, I would like that energy of like, you know, a man looking at his girlfriend, you know, um, and, and having said that, right, I'm not going to sit there and nag him and be like, you haven't done this and you're not good at that because that doesn't create the energy either. So I think it's responsibility of both where you're really appreciating each other and enjoying each other when you can listen, life is crazy. And, um, you're attracted to each other. And the other person knows that. Like when I look at my husband, I'm sure he can see in my face, like, Oh, Gabby is happy to see me or she likes me. And so it was like, Hey, I'll do everything for you that a wife will do. Just don't treat me like a wife, you know, and like have some guy that you're with, or, you know, you're with your partner for a long time. And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, there's an expression in the U S like the ball and chain. Like, I don't want to be that 10. So I think when I said like just treat me like your girlfriend that's really what I meant because um it feels like there's more of that type of energy uh, those those kind of relationships sometimes people get married and they they kind of take it all for granted I think.
0: Oh my god you know I never been married and maybe that's why I never been married yet because I'm afraid of that kind of title, wife, because everyone says it's boring, and then everything changes. And when your girlfriend, boyfriend is exciting, and just like you said, you have that affection. So of course, it's not not for everyone, but it's just wrong perception that everyone has that the title of wife being boring, and you know, just they're not as excited anymore because they don't have to kind of pursue anymore. They already kind of. Have you because they married, you know, but there's some this wrong perceptions about it. But maybe probably somewhere in the back of my mind, I have a block about it. That's why it's kind of probably never was for
1: me yet. <laughs> yeah. And I think people have to remember, right? If you want that, you have to be that. So that means, you know, if I'm expecting my partner to like really show up, then I have to do it. And then they have to be responsible for what they're doing. And I think that that is the best way. And, 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 uh, you know, listen, it comes from like who we're choosing and who, who, you know, is really caring about us and respecting us. Um, and so I think it has to start a certain place, but certainly it's, it's each of our own individual. It's like, Hey, if I want people in my house to be in a good mood or it to be a nice place to be, I have to be that, I, um, to, to do that. But I I don't know. I think it's, uh, we, we underestimate how power we have in the way of, how we can set the tone and, and and listen to be brutal um if it wasn't like that um over a long period of time i i would be like oh this isn't what i want to do so i think it's it's always that too like you want to serve your family and serve your partnership but you always have your own power absolutely
0: yeah i think so too and being in sports you and your husband for so many years do you still miss it? Like, you know, because my partner was in football and he says that he misses football so much because he misses that excitement, the adrenaline rush, because it was, you know, so exciting times. And now without sports is not as exciting, even though you exercise, but it's not like you're competing.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think, and also, so we have to realize is what, especially men and their studies on it, show is they miss the camaraderie they miss their teammates they miss connecting in that way I mean if you think about it in sport indirectly you're going to kind of like a mini battle and when you go to mini battles and football is certainly more of a battle than like um you know elements of danger or what have you is um you bond with people and also if you and I are on a team and somehow we're better together than we are individually That is a very powerful thing. So when people say they're missing the sport, they're missing, first of all, we know they're missing that time and that type of relationship with other people. Um, And then, of course, it's like trying to be your best, like this, this sort of pinnacle of excellence right? Like you're training just to be as good as you can be. That's, I think uh, that really stimulates us as people. It gives us purpose and meaning. Um, Usually it involves a ton of work. And I think for people, they really feel good about themselves when they have to work hard. Um, And, you know, all the lessons as uncomfortable as sports can be, it's like, there's so many things that we're learning um, in the, in that environment, whether it's how to take on a new skill or improve or deal with a loss or deal with getting back from an injury whatever it is so I think there's so many things to sport but I, I don't think our life has to be over when we go to sport I think we can do it in training we can take up new new challenges I think there's a lot of ways that we can try but maybe it never happens just like that again but what I say to people is, how lucky they were
0: to even experience. So true, yeah. It's probably all about the feelings and memories that they had in that time. What qualities helped you throughout your life to become successful?
1: I think. Oh, geez. I think I. I think I can handle failing. I think. Um, I don't. I don't think failing makes me want to quit. I think I can. Uh, it, like in the moment, if there's pressure. Um, I think I, there's parts of me, and again, not negative, uh, you know, this is all like from a positive, like we talk about positive, uh, stress on the body, right? Like not an argument, somebody you don't want to go around creating stress with people so you can have stress in your life, but finding these positive things. So I think I've always, uh, enjoyed the pressure, enjoyed the stress of like having to work and juggle a lot of different things. Um, I liked that challenge, um, and I think I've been pretty good at picking things that were really genuine to who who I am. And uh, and so you know, the, it's like knowing a little bit of who you are. Uh, obviously, I'm always learning about myself and trying to improve. But just kind of being like, oh wait, I that seems like something I I could do well. So I think I picked things that um, you know. Worked for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What advice can you give to others to set and achieve goals?
1: You know, I I never, you know, as far as like advice goes, this is only my experience, right? So I always honor that people have all their own experiences, and it, it's it's first of all, you and you'll hear people talk about this a lot is really understanding their why. Like, why do you want to do something? People say, well, I want to do it for money, or I want to do it for attention, or power, whatever just always be really clear with your why and make sure it's connected to things. So if you're setting these goals when it really sucks and it is not working, are you willing to let that still be your why and get out of bed because you believe in that mission? So if you're not clear about your why, if you're just like throwing a dart on the board going, well, people are doing this and it seems to be really a popular idea right now, that is not the reason to do it. And, um, and know yourself. Like like when you're setting these goals, be like, well, who am I, and and what do I, how do I want to express myself? How do I think I can do that? What does that look like for me in a year, in three, and in five? You know, and and I don't mean that the the goals don't change and adjust, but just to have a sense of it. And I, I think a lot of successful people too have like a something that they can't even put words to where they have this feeling or this calling a voice inside of them or they see it but they can't they don't know how to explain it yet or it doesn't exist yet all of that is very real and i believe in that um so so much and it and it as long as you're clear with yourself right it isn't about me getting everyone else to understand hey this is what i want to do i mean eventually you have to do that cuz people have to participate we can't do any of this alone But really, first, when you really feel it, if it's really calling you, that you have to follow that. And and you want to be intelligent. Like, you don't want to be a – it's like mixing a realist and a dreamer together. They both have to exist together, you know, so that you can dream and do these things. But then realistically, what's the strategy to approach it? So that's the other thing I would say is for people, if they're going to try to um, accomplish anything – well, what's the strategy? What's the plan? How are you going to do it? You can't just be like, I'm going to make a new business. Okay. What does that mean? And so, you know, really starting to try to figure out systematically, like, well, what would that take and what are the first steps and, um, and, and start there. But uh, let me remind people, like it is scary to do anything, but why not?
0: That's so true. I mean, you're so right. It's scary to do anything new and, and you have to just like break through and try it because if you don't try, you never know. Well, that's
1: right. And you know, like they always say, somebody has to be the one. So why can't it be that person? Why can't it be them,
0: you know? Absolutely. And what inspires you every day?
1: I think the fact that in my adult life, I've had the freedom to really work at the things I've enjoyed, even, even though it's been a lot of work. But um, I think I'm inspired by knowing what a gift that is. And I, and I don't take that for granted. And, um, and, you know, I have people around me in my everyday life, or maybe I'm reading books on people that that perspective or that way that they're walking in their life, or the way that they pursue things. Um, It's always very subtle. For me, it's never like, oh, these big grand, I'm the winner, I'm the number one in the world. It's like, okay, I think for me, it's always the more subtle things that you see people and you watch them in their daily path um or the way they learn to communicate or speak to people or you see people who are still trying to be improved even as they um are get older even successful people that you'd think okay well they're successful it's like oh but they're still trying to learn to be better because i think for me that's that is the ultimate right it's like uh, yeah that's working pretty good but could it could it be better and um and so you know, for me it is very it's a very subtle, quiet thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I can relate to this too. I can't just say one thing inspires me. I have like several people, several things, experiences, they all kind of inspire me. Yeah. What is your workout routine looks like now?
1: Well, so three days a week I try to do deep water pool training with dumbbells. It's low impact on my joints. And um it's it's pretty difficult. Um, you know, as far far as it's softer on my body, but I, you know, because you're not, you're under the water a lot and you don't have air all the time that there's a moment of like, you sort of feel very, pretty uncomfortable. And the the best reaction is to stay calm because the worst reaction would be to freak out or think that you don't have air because then you burn all the air that you do have. Um, and then I try to get into the sauna. I have a sauna at my house, maybe like two, three times a week. Um, and then I do a, a, a version of a circuit or a high intensity workout, a hit workout, if you will, um, two or three days a week as well, uh, just to move differently and get on one foot here and there. And, and, um, yeah, so I just, you know, five or six days a week, but I always say too, the thing is, is that people don't realize is at the end of the day, it's really about consistency and it's just, and it's really the food. You know, people think like I'm killing myself every day in my training, and they don't realize that I probably at this point will get more benefit or results from what it is that I'm eating or drinking or not eating. And
0: so, you think diet is more important
1: than exercise? I mean, they both important, but it's just. I, I think they're both important, but I think once you're already kind of moving, what everyone all recognizes is at the end of the day, what we are eating besides our our kind of stress or spiritual well-being, let's say, because listen, you could eat perfect and train six days a week, but if you're miserable and you don't have any relationships, um, I think we've missed the boat. So let's assume that we all agree that um, intimacy and connection and, and um, you know, sort of moments of joy, <laughs> nobody's happy walking around all the time, but just that is really, really important. But if you go beyond, if you just talk about from a, the other points of view, you know, if, once you're moving, you realize that food uh, is is really, uh, nutrition is so, so incredible uh, to helping us sleep or performance or recovery or, or, or the quality of our skin or whatever. It's like, this is the one.
0: Yes. It's just balance is important and everything in moderation, not overdo anything too much.
1: Yeah, for sure. And what do you think of social media? Oh, I think it kicks your ass. You know, I think I, I love the direct person to person element of it. I really do. Um, But I think it, you know, I have young, I have a 12 and 17 year old daughter and I have a grown daughter too, but like with my 12 year old, we joke, like we're just trying to figure out how we can keep her from having her mind controlled um, (laughs) with this stuff. So I think I love the idea of like the direct and getting direct information and all of this, but I think it's really, really uh, tough.
0: It is. I think it's exhausting too. Spending too much on it, like like I do sometimes for my business and just in general, it's great for making connections and it's great that we all can communicate all over the world. But there is some other side that if you can't handle it, you can't handle it. Like you have to be strong because it might affect your mind in negative way. Like some people get upset over things they see or you know social media trolls like they get attacked by comments and they just take it too personal it's just it can be too much for someone but i guess the longer you're being in it you build in thicker skin that you kind of get used to it
1: yeah or you i understand using it for your business but then at a certain point you know we have to develop our real life and make that fulfilling because that is our real life and therefore we will hopefully maintain some perspective about the theater which is instagram and um but it's easier said than done i grew up without a cell phone so i had that luxury and that distance so it's very easy for me to say that um and i i totally honor what people are having to navigate for sure
0: yeah it's definitely hard and we sometimes forget about all of it being just smoke and mirrors and us being in real life and it's hard not to confuse it both
1: oh no it's crazy
0: yeah and where for can the sure. listeners find you your social handles all the information um i'm
1: at gabby reese g-a-b-b-y-r-e um on instagram and i have a podcast the gabby reese show and um yeah
0: great thank you so much gabby it was fun i'm glad to have you yeah. thank you for being my guest
1: Of course. And thank you for inviting me. That was so, that's very sweet. Thank you. Thank you.
0: That was all for today, guys. I really enjoyed this lovely conversation with Gabby Reese, and I hope you really enjoyed it as well. Just to remind you, Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, and you can always DM me on Instagram, it's notbasicblonde underscore or Podcast. and if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day.